0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show Salty sea dog Slate Shannon, played by Humphrey Bogart Owns a Cuban hotel, Shannon's Place It sheltered an assortment of treasure hunters, revolutionaries, and other shady characters. With his sidekick and ward, the sultry Sailor Duval, played by Lauren Bacall, tagging along, he encounters modern-day pirates and other tough situations while navigating the waters around Havana. Aboard his boat, the Bold Venture, Slate and Sailor, experience adventure, intrigue, mystery, and romance— in the sultry settings of Tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean. Now, Calypso singer King Moses, played by Jester Hairston, provided musical bridges by threading plot situations into the lyrics of his songs. Music for the series provided by David Rose. The relationship between Shannon and King Moses and his ownership of an inn is strongly reminiscent of the dynamic between Rick Blaine and Sam in Casablanca. Tonight's episode, Engaged in Murder, was written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. Now, they were a dynamic duo who wrote the series, but this was only one of their many accomplishments as a writing duo. The two began their collaboration in the 1940s during the golden age of radio. They wrote scripts for radio shows such as Broadway Is My Beat and also worked on the crime show Crime Classics. Now, this pair was a huge talent during the reign of old time radio. They even wrote the pilots for the show Gunsmoke, which, of course, became a huge television hit later. Other great radio programs they wrote for include Suspense, The Lineup, which was a 1950s police drama, The Front Page, a 1948 crime drama, Philip Morris Playhouse, Sarah's Private Caper, a 1950s detective spoof, and Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, from 1952 to 1954, when John Lund was Johnny Dollar. The two also wrote, produced, and directed many episodes of Escape during its run from 1947 to 54. And it's not surprising that the two made the leap from radio into films as the golden age of radio began to fade away. They actually wrote two films together in the 1950s, including Hot Summer Night. Also, they wrote Handle with Care— and in addition to writing the script, David Friedkin also directed both films. They also wrote the famous film *The Pawnbroker* that was released in 1965. Now, in their addition to their work in radio and film, Fine and Friedkin are also well known for their work in television. As television grew more popular in the 50s and 60s, Fine and Friedkin found a new niche, which with they were quite successful. You can see their writing work on shows like Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Barnaby Jones, I Spy, Kojak, The Streets of San Francisco, to mention a few. These shows all highlighted their amazing talent for scripting dialogue that was both exciting and developed the humanity of their characters. The duo continued to work together until the death of David Friedkin back in 1976. And now on to tonight's show where we feature Bogart and Pekal.
2: Magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren McCall bring you bold venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue.
3: Feels good, huh, sailor?
4: Morning sun in your face, the Caribbean wind in your hair. How else would it do?
3: Oh, that's what I said. Good.
4: How does it look on me?
3: Well, let me consider it. Yeah. You with the wheel of our boat, the sun on your lips, square patch on your dungarees. We finished this fishing trip, sailor. You go buy a midi blouse with an extra pair of pants.
4: Gee, Willickers, daddy. You make me feel like a girl who was born with a silver ladle in her mouth. Come closer, kid, and I'll lipstick a thank you on your brow. You want to
3: show gratitude, go aft and thank Mr. Jeffrey. He's paying for the trip.
4: I tried. I went aft. Gentle and furry as a kitten. I said, thank you for hiring us, Mr. Jeffrey. Thank you for the payment we will receive when we set you ashore with your load of fish. Thank you, I said. And what did he say? He grunted. So I flounced off. So I left him to his rod and reel.
3: Well, so long as he pays us, you won't let a grunt stand between him and you, huh, sailor? Jeffrey came to me, hired the boat for a fishing trip for him and a friend. But the
4: friend never showed up. That cuts our profits in half.
3: So he'll buy only one pair of pants. Let me finish, huh? So he hires our boat. If he wants to sit there and fish in lonesome splendor, not talk to anyone, grunt. That's his right. That's... Hey, he's got a strike. Listen to that line sing. Hey, Jeffrey, you got a big one, a beauty. Look at that sport go. Oh, let him run a little more. Now, now, reel in. Reel in. What's the matter, kid? Don't freeze up now. I said, reel in. Ah, you lost him. You had a picture fish and you lost him. Jeffrey. Hey, Jeffrey, what's the matter with you? What?
4: I heard the line snap, Slate. What's with this, Jeffrey? An amateur? How does he let a beauty like that get away from it?
3: I'll tell you how, sailor. He died. He's dead. That's how.
5: I wish you'd say something, Rico. Pensive, in thought, I am thinking about.
6: It. Oh, stop here for a minute.
5: Of course, of course, as you wish it. Image.
6: That diamond's winking at me. The blue one. It's about three carats. I'll want that one, Rico, in my wedding ring, from you to me. Because I love you, and you can afford it. You could buy me a sackful out of the small change you carry.
5: Amy. Mm-hmm. Amy, you are sure. About Senor Jeffrey, I mean. The are from Iowa. Oh. It is no longer between you and Senor Jeffrey what it used to be. That's what's bothering you, huh? See, si. Rico, listen to me.
6: Matt Jeffrey showed up in Havana a couple of days ago. Oh, I'll admit it. There was a flutter when he called. I met him this morning for breakfast and to go fishing. When I saw him, I laughed at myself because I was happy. Happy? Because I knew he didn't mean anything to me. Just you, Rico. That's why I left Matt Jeffrey before we went in the restaurant. And that's why I came running to you without even changing. Hmm. Buy me a wedding ring,
7: Rico. Congratulate me, Senor Shannon, Senorita Duval. You did something, LaSalle? A beautiful thing, a clever thing. I have apprehended the murderers of Matt Jeffrey.
4: He was murdered? Well, the man died quietly on our boat. There was no one around. Him.
7: Only was... you, ain't Senor Shannon. And inside the dead man, enough poison to have killed him three times over. But Jeffrey was murdered. If you say so. And you've got his murderers. I'm glad for you and for Jeffrey. Who are they? You and you. Please, sign your confessions. We will shake hands and we will still be friends. Here, sign. All written out for us, huh, LaSalle? Hmm. Well, read me the small print where it says why we killed him. I left the spaces blank for you to fill in. Because I also could not puzzle why you want dead. A man who is so poor he must live in Havana in a mouse hole like the Las Flores Hotel. A man who digs into his savings to hire your boat for fish. A man who...
3: How much dough you got on you, sailor?
4: Three bucks and a dime. Why? Well,
3: let's see. I've got... Uh, yeah. About 42 dollars. That makes 45 and a dime for a candy bar. Enough for bail LaSalle? For forty-five pesos, you expect that I Oh, here's another buck. I was holding it out for cab fare. Come on, Sailor, let's go fill in the blank spaces on why we killed a man. Here's twenty centavos back, senor. Take a streetcar. A
7: streetcar named we desire you to come back to the pokey. Come back. Or we bring you back on a Tommy gun rickshaw.
3: I hear, I hear. Why don't you pay attention to us?
8: It is so seldom, senor, that a man brings his blushing bride to this hotel for a honeymoon that I am beside myself with frenzy and delight. And now I can do for you what?
3: Didn't you have a guest here named Matt Jeffrey? Uh, (laughs) This desk bell would just about fit in the middle of that yawn, Chico. Uh, All right, you ask uh, for it. Put the bell
4: down, Slate. Chico... Chico, look at me. You know something, Chico? You're the cutest little old Chico I've seen all day.
8: Ah. Observe, senorita, when I yawn. Gold teeth flash. Twenty-three gold teeth in my mouth. I have a friend who has twenty-five gold teeth. They are expensive. How much? Ten pesos. Current fee for the bicuspid of gold.
3: You'll get it. What about Matt Jeffrey?
8: This morning he walked out into the Havana Daylight. Before he left for the daylight, he made two calls through the telephone in his room, through the switchboard at my left, out into the world of hustle and bustle. Ten pesos, senor, for the numbers he called, and so that I may eat with gold. Yeah, here. And
3: here to you. I give you thanks. Here's two nickels, Sally. Use that payphone on the wall. Call these numbers.
4: Right.
8: Norton's Art Shop. Norton
4: speaking. Who? Norton. Ray Norton. Oh, sorry, I got the wrong number. First one was Norton's Art Chop, Slate. Try the other one. Okay. Hello? Hello. This is Mary, the Sunshine Girl. Your phone number has been selected to receive a spiffy prize of one year's free service. May I have your name and address, please?
6: Amy Webb, 1212 Paseo Royale. Free service for what?
4: Got him, Slate. Let's go.
6: Yes?
3: I'm Slate Shannon. This is Sailor DeBow.
6: Anne?
3: We took a man named Matt Jeffrey on a fishing trip this morning. He died. He was poisoned.
4: Come in. This is a cozy nook. What if this coffee table set you back, honey? Don't I know you? Maybe. I don't remember. What do you two characters want?
3: Matt Jeffrey called you a couple of hours before he died.
6: If it twists you inside, you can call me, too.
3: What about Matt Jeffrey?
6: He was a nice fellow. Had shoulders. Went good with tall corn. You got shoulders, too. Why don't you get rid of the drab girl, Slate?
4: See? I'm biting my lip. I'm being very nice. I'm behaved. Mm-hmm. Well, the police are in on this, Amy.
3: Maybe we can save you some grief.
6: I'll go along with that. Matt was a boy from Iowa I was engaged to once. We rubbed cheeks at college dances. He showed up in Havana. Called me a couple of nights ago. I saw him this morning.
3: I you this morning, too.
6: To make final arrangements for the day breakfast and a fishing trip. Well, huh?
3: Did you have breakfast with him?
6: Mm hmm. We were crossing an alley. A cat ran by and rubbed itself against his trousers. Matt kicked the cat in the face. You think I'd want to spend a day with a. Amy, I.
5: Oh, oh I don't know you have people. I don't have them. They're leaving. Who are you? Uh, permit my introduction. I am Rico Sebastian, beloved by her, and so engaged.
3: Ah, oh, you're a lucky man.
5: You are lovely this evening, Amy. In two weeks, you will be to me. No more flying airplane trips to Iowa to see your mother. No more meeting of fellow youth like Matt Jaffrey.
6: Darling, you're embarrassing the sunshine girl. Goodbye, you two. Get out.
3: Wouldn't have it any other way. Come on, sailor.
4: What now, Braille?
3: Now let's try another wrong number. Let's try Norton's art shop.
8: And you've come all the way down to this nook of old Havana just because a man named Matt
3: Jeffrey called me this morning? Uh-huh. He had another reason, too. Jeffrey died on our boat this morning of murder.
4: So you see, Mr. Norton, why we go around Havana looking at nooks and crannies, you never know what you'll come up with.
3: And you came up with me,
8: one of the artists. folks. I want to tell you about me. I found my soul in Havana. Why, you'd be surprised the people that bring their photographs to me to paint a lifelike portrait from? What would Jeffrey wanted? it? picture painted from a snapshot? Oh, not of him. Of his pussycat. That man's crazy about cats. He brought me a photograph of Patty. I had a copy made to paint from, mailed him back his original.
4: Crazy about cats, huh? we heard different slice. We heard he was a cat kicker.
3: We must have heard wrong, sailor. Mr. Norton here says Jeffrey was mad for cats. Mr. Norton wouldn't lie, would Mr.
8: Norton? Indeed, I wouldn't. I'll just prove it to you. I'll go in the back room and bring out the portrait I did of Tabby, Mr. Jeffrey's cat. You just wait here.
4: Hurry back, Mr. Norton. I just can't wait to hear more about your soul and the pussy pussycat. Goody, only be a minute. Ah!
3: Norton, what happened?
4: Slate. Maybe we can get help.
3: For you. Maybe for me. Not for Norton. He can't wait that long. He's just been shot to death. <laughs>
2: Venture, our stars Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, and the second act of our story.
9: On a fishing trip, a man did go, cast his bait and what do you know? When a fish nibbled and yanked on line, man took a deep breath for very last time. This seems to be the custom of the day, and I will explain exactly what I say. Another fellow who was clever with paint,
4: met a pistol bullet, and now he ain't. And I'm just living for the second that LaSalle finds out we were the last ones to have talked to him. Unless I will find out, Miss Saylor. You want not to, to hear you. I heard him, Sailor.
3: Lasalle won't play with us this time. This time we're in it good. If I can understand one thing, I wouldn't feel so bad Pardon, about... Senor Shannon. Well, hello, Rico. Glad
5: you're here. Sit down. On matters of urgency, I do not sit. My fiancé, the Senorita Amy Webb is in difficulty. Your name comes first to the lips of those in Havana who wish to skirt the police. Those who have difficulty... I cannot discuss it to authorities come to Senor Shannon. This I have heard, and I am willing to pay for the privilege. Ah, oh, let's
3: skip the pay, Rico.
5: For now. When Amy came back from a vacation to visit her mother in the Estados Unidos, in your estado of Iowa, she commenced to be blackmailed.
3: Ah, yeah, that would fit. I don't know how exactly, but it would fit. And
5: so, a phone call to her. Pay me $20,000 for some information the man said, about one hour ago us to meet him with money at the Arribadero docks near the port
3: agent's shack at 11. Listen to me, Rico. Tell her to do it. I'll be there. I'll be in the doorway of that port agent's shack. Tell Amy to walk past me. Keep walking back and forth past me. So if anyone approaches her, I'll know it. Yes. Yes. And tell her not to talk to me. Above all, she's not to talk to me. No one must know I'm there. Got that? Si, senor.
5: I have it exactly. (laughs) You, Rico? See me, my beloved. May I come in?
6: So formal, Rico. The gentle tap, the polite request. We're going to be married, remember?
5: Come in, please. I've been to Shaman. He has agreed to help you, to give you protection. The money? What does it matter? What matters is that he will hold you from harm.
6: So I'm to go ahead and rub noses with the blackmailer on the dock,
5: huh? You are not to speak to him. You are to make no outcry. You are only to walk. So Shannon will know you are there. He'll know, sweet.
6: Blade will know I'm there. That's all? You didn't buy me anything? A little present? A little happy
5: happy? I did not think, Amy. i and only... How
6: really, I am, too. You gave me Shannon. What more could I want? <laughs> Plate, Late you're there, aren't you?
3: Keep walking, you fool. Don't talk to me.
6: I'm frightened. 100% frightened, Plate.
3: He sees you talking to me. He'll kill. He's already killed twice. He's got the habit. Walk away.
6: I'm frightened.
3: No hysterics, kid. It's not the time. Beat it, Amy. Walk.
6: Okay. Here goes a pretty girl. You him, Plate. Get
10: him. Get him. Get him.
3: You're the guy I want to talk to, Buster. I'm coming after you, Buster.
6: Blade, this, this lady, all right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. Surprised, I guess.
6: Oh, there's blood in the cheek.
3: Yeah, well, bullets do that to my cheek, Amy, when they graze it. Why did you cry out? I told you not to.
6: I'm a girl. Situations like this upset me.
3: Yeah.
6: He got away.
3: Your blackmailer's a buddy of mine, Amy. He's got teeth that shine in the dark.
4: Well, you didn't get Amy's blackmailer. That's why we're going back to that man in the flea bag, huh? Your version of penance for a deed not done. And the
3: guy out of yawn that enchanted me. You mind?
4: Long ago, Slate, I learned not to the mind. Bully for
3: you. After me, sailor. Hi,
8: Chico. Guess who? Please, on delay, go away. Do not stand and gloat
3: on me.
4: Late, eager to see you yawn again, Chico. Yawn for the man.
3: Yeah, do that, Chico. Flash the gold. Ten paces if you open your mouth wide. You tarnish my gold by
8: customers with my blood, Senor. You left a double empty space in the jobbers. What more do you want?
3: I got two of your teeth, huh, Chico? Meet a blackmailer, sailor. I spoil it. I mess it. I louse it. Amateurs should not play this game that is murder on teeth. Oh, you followed up on the blackmail, but you got to kill two men. Matt Jeffrey by poison, Ray Norton by bullet.
4: You've had a busy day, little old Chico. You
3: are both very slap-happy people, no? Sure we are, Chico. I'm going to slap you right down to police headquarters. That way I'll beat a couple of murders off my shoulders. On your feet, golden boy. take your hand for my tear-stained jacket and I will explain. Yeah, do that, Chico. With my hand on this stain, here. A letter came from my
8: once room guest, Matt Jeffrey. After he is deceased, I open it. Picture him. Blackmail picture to a man with brains. More brains than to me.
4: So you called Amy Webb?
8: Who else to call? She has had photographs in Havana papers because she will marry Havana millionaire. Who else to call?
3: Where's the picture?
8: In my beach shack on Vedero Beach. The dirtiest
3: one. The painted red and blue. The one on the shakiest stilts. Under a loose board on the floor. We check you with the police, Chico. Then we check a loose board. Coming, golden boy?
4: He sat under a loose board. Would have been easier if he'd sat under a tight board. What isn't loose in here?
3: Lift them up, sailor. One by one till we find the treasure... We're having fun, huh?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, what'd you say?
4: Oh, I said it's a moonlight night and the sea is bright and I'm as jolly as can be. What'd you think I said?
3: It sounded more like... Hey, I think I... Yeah, I found him, sailor.
4: Blackmail stuff, huh? Let me peek. Huh. Amy in a junior swimsuit. Matt Jeffrey in pin-up shorts. And both leaning against a brand new car.
3: That's all? Take another look.
4: Where are they? Hmm. To me, it looks like Miami. I've been to Miami. And to me, it looks like Miami. Kill me. It is Miami.
3: Yeah. Cozy piece of blackmail.
4: A blackmail to be in my (coughs) slate. Quit snapping your gun.
3: That's a rifle, sailor. Someone's trying to kill us. Come on. Get through here, sailor. This back door. Dive into the water. Last one in is a dead duck. (laughs)
5: Senor Shannon, Senorita Duval, please come in. Amy told me what happened to your cheek, senor. I will pay for the scar it leaves. We charge by the footage. Where's Amy? I will get her. Amy,
6: Amy darling, we have visitors.
5: Senor Shannon, Senorita Duval.
6: I heard Rico say he'd pay
4: you for your scar, mate. I want to contribute, too. You touch one inch of that scar, sis, and you'll have a few of your own.
3: I just want to let you two know that I've got this thing wrapped up now. Take a look at this wet picture, Rico.
4: Wet, because when we get a picture like this, we like to swim around with it. Especially when there's someone
3: urging us onward with a rifle. Go on, take a look at it, Rico.
5: Tweaking, isn't it, Rico? Look at it, Amy. I thought you were an Iowa three weeks ago.
6: I told you I was. That means I was. But this picture... It was taken seven years ago, in Miami. Matt and I were on the debating society for our college. We went to Miami
5: to debate. Who won, sis? says. Yeah, tell us about it. You are lying, Amy. This picture was taken recently. Here, see in the background. This year's model car. This could not be taken seven years ago. Recently, when you said you were with your mother, you were with Matt Jeffrey.
6: So I went to Miami. So what if I did? So you killed Matt Jeffrey, poisoned him. That's so. what if you did? I asked you to throw them out, Rico.
3: Amy. Poisoned him at breakfast. He died on our boat. Matt Jeffrey, blackmailer number one. Murdered man number one. Amy killed someone else?
6: All of you. Crazy. That
3: little artist, Ray Norton, the man who got hold of one of these pictures. Blackmailer number two. Murdered man number two.
5: Poor Amy. Poor, poor Amy. Because you wanted my wealth. You could have told me, Amy.
6: Crazy.
3: And the blackmail goes on, a hotel clerk who opened Matt's mail. He dreamed up a story, Amy, a good one, told it to Rico, a story that made it look like the clerk murdered the other two. Clerk I was supposed to capture on the
5: waterfront, maybe kill. Truly, I am sorry, Amy. Amy, put down that gun.
6: Get out of my way. I'll kill him. Amy, do not
11: <laughs> Rico. Rico, I didn't mean. It wasn't for you. I wanted.
6: You've gotten away, Rico. Rico, you can't die.
4: You can't.
3: But done, Amy. (laughs) Uh, Murdered man number
4: three. I was wrong. I didn't think she'd cry,
3: Yeah, you were wrong. Now go home, sailor. I'll take it from here.
4: This wonderful slate. Sailing along, calm sea, beautiful day. Well, you
3: better head back to Havana. It's gonna rain.
4: You're crazy. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's going to rain. Head back. What makes you think it's going to rain? My
3: new scar, this one on my cheek. It twitches. When this scar acts up, it's gonna rain.
4: How can you tell that? You haven't had that scar long enough.
3: Look, sailor, I got scars all over. One for snow, one for hail, one for hurricane, one for tornado, and one for cloudy. There's new ones for rain.
4: It twitches, huh? Yeah. What does this do to it?
3: Keep on doing that, sailor. I'm getting a message. Uh huh. Uh huh. Snow, rain, hail. Sailor, the bottom's going to drop out of the barometer tonight.
1: tuned for A Day in the Life of Dennis Day, next on Theatre of the Mind. Time now to unleash the beautiful Irish tenor voice of Dennis Day and a show that was first heard in 1948.
12: Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Day... This day is brought to you by Palmolive Soap and Colgate Dental Cream. Palmolive Soap, your beauty hope, and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Day Show with Barbara Eiler, B. Benadera, Dink Trout, Charles Dant in the orchestra, and yours truly, Vern Smith, is written by Frank Galen and stars our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Here's Dennis to sing his RCA Victor recording of Clancy Lowered the Boom.
13: Now, Clancy was the peaceful man, if you know what I mean. The cops picked up the pieces after Clancy left the scene. He never looked for trouble, that's a fact you can assume. But nevertheless, when trouble would press, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy, oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom, 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 boom. He was the fighting man, they all knew he was tough. He strutted round the neighborhood, shooting off his gut. He picked a fight with Clancy, then and there he sealed his doom. Before he could shout, oh Larry, look out, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy, oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom, boom, boom. boom. Clancy left the barber shop with tonic on his hair. He walked into the pool room and he met O'Reilly there. O'Reilly said, For goodness sake, now do I smell perfume? Before you could stack your cue in the rack, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, the Clancy, oh, the Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom. Boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. Oh, delivered ice to Mrs. Clancy's flat. He'd always linger for a while to talk of this and that. One day he kissed her just as Clancy walked into the room. Before you could say the time of the day, Clancy, Lord, the boom. Oh, that Clancy. Oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got to the Irish of Clancy, Lord, the boom, 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 boom. boom. The neighbors all checked out for Kate Grady's wedding night. McDougal said, let's have
5: some fun. I, I think
13: I'll start a fight. He wrecked the halls and kissed the bride and pulverized the groom. Then quick as a wink before you could think, Clancy, Lord, the boom. Oh, the are Clancy. Oh, they Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy, lowered the boom. Oh, the Clancy. Oh, the Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy, Lord, the boom. Oh,
12: once every couple of years, some touring theatrical troupe decides to play the town of Weaverville. The first night audience, though small, is always quite colorful. The white, pink, and blue of the ladies' evening dresses, blending gaily with the green of the gentlemen's tuxedos. (laughs) This year's offering is to be the immortal Somerset Mom classic, Rain, which has been around many a season, although not nearly as many as its star, Miss Lily Lafarge. Needless to say, Mildred Anderson is simply dying to see it. But as usual, there's our young hero
13: to be reckoned with.
11: Oh, golly, Dennis, don't tell me you're broke again. What do you do with your money?
13: Well, gee, Mildred, I can't help it if I like to live a little. Gosh, you know how it is. A pack of Lifesavers here, a stick of bubble gum there.
11: <laughs> I guess I'm
13: just a playboy at heart.
11: Oh, dear, and I did so want to see that play. Especially opening night.
13: Oh, gee, I'm sorry, Mildred.
11: The audience will be so distinguished. All the men dressed in nothing but opera hats and dinner jackets.
13: Won't their legs get pretty cold?
10: (laughs) I mean,
11: they'll be formal, silly. Oh. We have to miss it all. Golly, I didn't mind missing the amateur show that's at the theater now, but I did want to see Rain.
13: Well, gee, Mildred, do you think maybe we could talk your mother into taking us to see it? My mother? Sure, if we worked on it cleverly enough. I've got it, Mildred. We'll tell her it's your birthday.
11: Oh. Don't be silly. Mother knows I was born in June. Are you sure? Uh, yeah,
13: I guess she was there at the time, huh?
10: Of course.
13: Darn it, that woman never lets you out of her sight for a minute.
11: Wait a second. Suppose you were to compliment Mother a little. Tell her she looked nice, that she was attractive.
13: Oh, no, I've tried that. I can never keep a straight face.
11: Dear, I guess we're sunk then. I... Oh, hi, Mother. Good
14: morning. What's wrong
11: with you? Oh, nothing. It's just that... Well, Lily Lafarge is doing Rain down at the Rain? Party. You mean the Somerset Maugham play? Why, I once starred in that back in our high school theater
14: group. <laughs> I played Sadie Thompson.
11: Why, Mother, I never knew that. Oh, I
14: was sensational. I was the girl two men poured over while the rain poured down for 26 days and nights.
13: <laughs> you had an umbrella? No. Then why would two men fight? Never mind!
11: Oh, you must have been wonderful, Mother. Do you still remember any of your lines? I'd love to hear you do Sadie Thompson. Oh, would you really, Mildred? (laughs) Oh, it's been so long. You wouldn't like it. Oh, yes, I would. Come on, Mother. Oh, it would bore you,
13: Mildred. Go ahead, Mrs. Anderson. Teach her a lesson.
11: Don't pay any attention to him, Mother. I'll bet you are the most divine Sadie Thompson the theater's ever known. Well, if I do say so myself, the critic on our high school paper simply raved
14: about me in the second review he wrote.
13: What about his first review?
14: Oh, that didn't matter. He
11: retracted the whole thing while he was in the hospital.
10: <laughs> well,
11: I should hope so. You couldn't possibly be anything but glorious on a stage, Mother. Well, yes, I guess you're right about that. (laughs) Why, I bet you could do Sadie Thompson 50 times better than Lily Lafarge. Oh, now, Mildred, that may not be true at all. (laughs) I'll bet you could. Why not see her and find out? Why don't we all go just to prove to ourselves how much better you could do it? You know that might be a bad idea. It mightn't be a bad idea. I mean, I'm so excited. (laughs) Dennis,
14: here's $10. Go down and get four tickets for opening night.
13: Holy smoke.
14: What? What's the matter with you?
13: Oh, nothing. I was just thinking someday I'm going to marry into real brains. (laughs) Gee, I hope they're not sold out for opening that... Why, Mr. Anderson.
15: Hello, my boy. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing here? I'm waiting to see Lily LaFarge. I believe I'm in trouble, son.
13: Trouble? With Lily LaFarge?
15: Yes, you see, a long time ago, when I was young and impressionable, I wrote some letters to her. You mean fan letters? Well, in a way, while I was writing them, I had to stop every now and then to fan myself. (laughs) Oh, I see. Yes, I was really a little bundle of quivering passion in those days. (laughs) Anyway, this morning I got a call from Miss LaFarge's manager. She wants to see me about the letters. Son, I'm afraid it may be blackmail. Oh, my gosh. Well, don't you pay her a cent. And have Pupsy read the things I wrote to another woman? Why, she'd pack her trunk tonight. Yeah, you'd be in it.
13: <laughs> you
15: said it. Oh, if only I could get my hands on those letters, by hook or by crook.
13: You mean you'd steal them?
15: Well, after all, Dennis, in some cases, robbery isn't actually dishonest. Why, look at Francois Villon. A used car dealer? (laughs) Well, not quite. Oh, but what's the use? I can't figure out how to do it. I can't even think of a way to get her out of her dressing room so I can look for them. Gee, Mr. Anderson,
13: maybe I can help. I have an idea. Wouldn't she leave if some big Hollywood producer offered to take her to lunch and talk about a screen test?
15: By George Dennis, you might have something there. Only you've got to put on an awfully good act, my boy
13: Oh, I know how all the real big shots in Hollywood talk
15: I hear one on the radio all the time Well, it's certainly worth a try Come on, let's go Now, that must be her room down there The one with the star on Yeah Now, I'll be waiting out here in the hall To sneak in the minute you get her out Good luck, boy Thanks Yes? How do you do?
10: (laughs) You are uh,
13: Miss Lily Lafarge?
14: Yes, but, uh, who are you?
13: My dear young lady, you are having the honor of meeting the greatest producer in all Hollywood, Louis B. O'Brien. <laughs> Louis
14: B. O'Brien. I don't believe I know the name. What's
13: this? Never heard of Louis B. O'Brien, maker of the most expensive pictures in Hollywood, producer of Baby's Irish Orchid? Uh,
14: don't you mean A.B.'s Irish rose?
13: Please, with me it's nothing but the best.
14: <laughs> well, uh, what can I do for you, Mr. O'Brien?
13: My dear Bublitschke, let us go to lunch. And while we drink on Ninochka and dally with our bagels on a flaming sword, we will talk. Talk? Talk about what? My next picture, of course. Such a story, gripping. And I want you should be my star.
14: Me? Uh, what kind of a picture is it? It's a
13: drama. It all takes place in desolate Siberia. We are calling it Kiss the Borscht Off My Hands.
10: <laughs> <laughs>
14: well, really, Miss O'Brien, I don't think I... A... You have not heard the story.
13: You play a beautiful American girl who meets the boy she loves in a salt mine. She marries him, and two months later, they have 12 lovely children.
14: What? Why, how's that possible?
13: Huh? Oh, uh trick photography.
14: <laughs> uh, are you crazy or something?
13: Oh, you don't like that, huh? Well, all right, I'll let you play my other picture. The greatest in history, the American version of Hamlet.
14: You're going to make Hamlet?
13: To be sure. And I want that you should play Ophelia. Oh.
14: Well, uh, who's going to play Hamlet? <laughs> Silly girl. <laughs> you mean. Uh, you? Well, then.
10: <laughs>
14: Why, you're mad
13: You think I can play Hamlet? All right I will recite for you the great soliloquy Listen To be or not to be
14: Well, go on
13: There's more <laughs>
14: That did it you get right out of here this minute. You fake and but, don't God, you show your it. face around here again.
13: But my no, dear child, no, you take
14: that pony accent with you. Now get out before I throw you out. But
13: gosh, Miss Lafarge, that's no attitude to take. Besides, don't think you can throw me out so easily. I'm a lot stronger than I look.
3: Oh. gee, she is too. <laughs> <laughs>
13: gosh, I don't know what to do now, Mr. Anderson. Are you sure those letters are really incriminating?
15: Positive, my boy. As I said, I was a pretty molten little hunk of lava in those days.
13: Well, that's life, I guess. Yesterday's burning coals, today's clinkers.
15: Yes, and if Pupsy ever finds out about those letters, tomorrow I'll be scattered ashes.
13: Gosh, we just got to get the letters back, but how?
15: There's only one way. Sneak into her dressing room tonight and swipe them before she can show them to Pupsy. But
13: that's impossible. They're holding that amateur show tonight, and they won't let anybody backstage but the contestants who get to the finals.
15: Dennis, why couldn't we be contestants? Maybe we could get to the finals. Us? What kind of an
13: act could we do in a show?
15: Well, maybe we could be a comedy team. Have you heard any good jokes lately?
13: Well, I did hear a fellow telling his friend one on the bus last night coming home from work. How'd it go? Let's see now. Oh, oh Yeah. Uh, One woman says to another woman, how long have you been married? And the first woman says, why do you ask? So the other woman says to her, why do I ask? Well, what's the rest of it? I don't know, just then the bus
15: got to my stop and I had to get off. (laughs) Well, so much for comedy. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hey, do you remember that act we saw at the county fair last summer, the mind-reading act? What mind-reading act? Don't you remember? Mandini the Great. He had an assistant, that pretty girl in the bathing suit.
13: Oh, you mean the one with the red hair and blue eyes with the French bathing suit and the high heels and long
15: black stockings. Yeah. Well, remember what her partner did? She had a partner? (laughs) Yes, and it was a very simple act. The girl was blindfolded and guessed the objects Mandini held in his hands. He gave her clues that she couldn't miss. Gee, you think we could do that? Why, it's a cinch. The clues are a dead giveaway if you just pay attention. Come on, that's the act for us.
13: Well, okay. But I warn you, in that French bathing suit, I may leave something to be desired.
15: (laughs)
2: Thank you very much. And now, the next act on our program, folks, Miraculo, the mental marvel.
15: Here we go, Dennis. Remember, we've just got to get to those finals. Now, listen carefully to what I'm saying, and you'll get a clue to the object I'm holding in my hand. Okay, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, you see before you, Miraculo, the man with the mind that amazes millions. The power of his perception pierces and penetrates. With incredible insight, he instantly answers each and every inquiry. Are you ready, Miraculo?
2: Who, me? (laughs) Yes. And now, folks, while I blindfold Miraculo, his assistant will pass among the audience and hold up certain small objects. The amazing Miraculo will identify them instantly. All right, Miraculo.
15: All right, I have here an object. Concentrate, Miraculo. What have I got in my hand? You'll have to watch this one. You'll have it hands down any minute. Can
13: you give me some kind of a clue? No, that's
15: not allowed. Come, Miraculo. You like to see flowers growing? Your time is my time, Miraculo. Your time is my time, Miraculo. What have I got in my hand?
13: Uh, Rudy Valley?
15: <laughs> no, no, now concentrate on this subject, Miraculo. When a parade goes by, what do you do? I watch. I watch. Absolutely right. Oh, that's isn't he?
3: <laughs> this is an act.
15: Now here's an article a young lady just gave me. You mustn't let her fool you, Miraculo. This is a question any male can answer. Come now, post haste.
13: Has it got writing on it?
15: Yes, it has. Mail with writing. Now, what am I holding?
13: A tattooed sailor. <laughs> How do you like that? I thought he'd have trouble with that one.
15: Uh, You still haven't got it, Miraculo. Think now. Suppose Eddie Lamar tried to kiss you. Would you let her?
13: Oh, no, I wouldn't.
15: You mean you wouldn't let her?
13: That's right, I wouldn't.
15: You wouldn't what? Kiss her. Better hurry,
2: fellas. There's an Irish setter out in the wings waiting to say Mother McCree.
15: (laughs)
13: Oh, but I, I haven't guessed what he's holding yet.
9: He's
2: holding a bottle of air wick.
9: No, I'm
10: not.
2: Well, with this act, you should be.
10: <laughs>
2: now, get out of here.
15: <clears throat> okay, folks, our next act. <whistles> here, boy. Here, boy. Uh, wait a minute. Wait, here, minute. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Please, sir, give us another chance.
13: Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we sing, too. We do a wonderful impersonation of the ink spots, don't we, Mr. Anderson? We do? Uh,
15: uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> the
13: two of you do four ink spots? Yeah, we do two spots each. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Anderson. Let's show him. I don't want to set the
9: world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. In my Heart, I have but one, these I owe And that one is you, no other will do. Ooh. I don't want to shift the world on. love you too much.
10: <laughs>
9: I just want to start a red-hot flame down in your big old fat heart. <laughs> you see, way down inside of me, Ireland, I have only one desire, and that one desire is you,
13: footsie gal. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. No what else ain't gonna do, no time, no how. I've lost all ambition or worldly acclaim. I just want to be
9: the one you love. <laughs> and with your admission that you feel the same, I'll have reached the goal I'm dreaming of. Believe me, I don't want to set the world on fire I just want to
15: start A flame in my heart, heart.
2: Boys, that was all right.
15: Well, back to the dressing
2: rooms. I'll call you for the final.
15: You hear that, Mr. Anderson? We did it. Oh, sure. Talent is talent, and I just happen to have it. That's all. <laughs> well, come on. Let's go get those letters. Okay. Boy, what a cinch, huh, Dennis?
13: Her dressing room wasn't even locked. Yeah, well, those letters are safe now. When we passed
15: Mrs. Sullivan's backyard, I fed them to her billy goat. Oh, swell. We don't have to worry about poopsie hearing of them anymore. Uh, Let's go in the house. Is that you, Herbert? Uh, Yes, little love bundle. Do you know who was just here to see me?
14: Uh, Lily Lafarge, the actress. Huh? She told me about some letters you wrote her.
15: Oh, my sacred cousin Leonora's little crepe machine bloomers.
10: (laughs)
14: What? She wants permission to publish them in her memoirs. She's going to
15: pay you $500. Isn't that wonderful? $500.
13: Oh, somebody lowered the boom.
10: <laughs> <laughs>
13: well, so long everybody. What? Where are you going? Oh, never mind. But get out the cookbook. See if you can find a good recipe for baked goat. <laughs>
12: Charles Dant in the orchestra. Here's Dennis to sing the lovely ballad, "Am I All of Your Future?" Another Dennis Day show brought to you by Palmolive Soap, your beauty hope, and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Mm-hmm. Listen again next week to Colgate's Hour of Fun, Judy Canova, followed by Dennis Day. And for another great comedy program, hear Blondie next Wednesday evening over your favorite NBC station. This is Burns Smith speaking.
10: Good night.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Boston Blackie, followed by Burns and Allen. Thanks to Joel Schonwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.